Hi, everyone, and welcome back to Uptime Community. We're so glad that you could join us here live today. Today's date is November 7th in the year of our Lord, 2023. My name is Michael Pels, and if you're new here, we are a community of believers that are actively studying the Holy Bible and looking forward to the glorious appearing of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, the way, the truth, and the life. We want to make this an interactive forum, so we do welcome your questions and comments today. If you do not know who Jesus is, we do encourage you to get to know him today. But first, I have to give you the bad news. We have all fallen short of the glory of God. We have all sinned and have missed the mark. But we have hope in Jesus Christ, for he has came here, died on the cross, shed his blood to atone for our sins, was buried and rose again on the third day. And if you believe this from your heart, you are born again and you will spend eternity with Jesus and it will radically start to sanctify and change your life and you will desire to seek after the good things that God has in store for you as he works through your life. And it is an absolute blessing in the promises of God. How is everyone doing today? And I'm so excited to get into the verse of the day, which is 1 Timothy 2, 1 through 2 from BibleGateway.com. I exhort, therefore, that first of all, supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for all men, for kings, and for the, all that are in authority, that we may lead a quiet and peaceful life in all godliness and honesty. Man, it's so fitting for the times that we're in. But I just want to introduce everyone this week again. We have Brother Bob Barber. How you doing, brother? Good. Great. Awesome. We have John, the watchdog. Hello. Hello, everyone. Nice to uh, to be here tonight. And seven-time world champion, Kevin Hogman. <laughs> yeah, exactly, yes. Uh, <laughs> champion of, of uh, I don't, I'm not exactly sure what today, but uh, okay, I'll go for that. I like it. Sounds good. Uh, awesome, champion awesome. of the faith. How's that? Yes, I'm there you go. Amen. Rise again. Anyways, we have Brother uh Greg, he is he is here with us, but he is not here with us in the the panel at the moment. But he is working all things in He's the making backstage. himself known. Yes, yeah. He's blowing the trumpets, but uh, but he is here with us. So if you could keep him in his prayers, and um, that would be awesome. So we'll go ahead and start with Brother Bob. How's your week going, going, brother? My week has been going great. Awesome. Uh, praise the Lord. Everybody's healthy. Okay, so as long as everyone's healthy, everybody's still breathing. Okay, we're not homeless. So this is go, go, doing pretty good so far, <laughs> you know. And I say that because everything that we're watching in the east right now, okay, with Israel and Hamas, just just watching everything unfolding. That big, huge event that took place in Washington D.C. Okay, a lot of double standards we're seeing with all that right now, <laughs> you know. But uh, it's so obvious right now that we are on the we are on the verge of the seventy tribulation. We are there, and what's interesting is how the story we we read about it in the Bible. We're like, okay, this looks like it belongs here, 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 here. So this is how the story is going to go. And of course, God, the ultimate storyteller of all Amen. time, okay, the author, the beginning, the end, Alpha, the Omega. So when we get there into that part of the story. There are twists everywhere, man. Just you're like, man, this is 
that I wasn't expecting that, but mm-hmm. you know, it lines up with the Bible. They okay, and you see his other twist here and his other twist here. So what an exciting time to be alive, seeing Bible Amen. prophecy unfold. And I just got to say one thing: we have the eleventh of this month coming up. Will that be the rapture resurrection? Because I see eleven eleven all the time. I think there probably not, but I think there's going to be something significantly. Something significant in the spiritual realm that takes place that day. Some people will say they really believe that the rapture resurrection could happen that day. And the only thing that's biblically pointing at it right now is is Shashvan 27. Okay, it's the 27th of the eighth month. Of course, that is when Noah was when the ark landed on top of the mountain and the doors opened up and the animals, there's an exodus from the ark. Okay, and of course, our exodus is from the earth. Our ark is yeah. Jesus Christ. And Amen. Revelation 4 1 says, I saw a door open in heaven. It says, Come up hither. Okay. So we can see all the parallels happening there. So that's a high watch for this weekend. All right. Because we have a lot of, uh, a lot of, a lot of, not, I'm going to say scary things happening over there right now, but they are really elevating their game for a nuclear war over there now. Yeah. Okay. Because uh, the United States, just say this, United States. Okay, powerful military. All right. We've been spanking these terrorists all over the place. Okay. Now there's a terrorist attack by a thousand people in a small strip of land in Israel called Gaza. Okay. And the United States sends all of our heaviest military uh fleets over there, USS Gerald Ford, all that firepower over there. You think it's do you think they're going over there to take care of some terrorists? I think they're going over there to blow the crap out of Iran. You're taking yeah. all those military weapons over there. I don't think they're going to be using those over there on Gaza. Okay. Why take all that firepower over there? You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. That's a Absolutely. lot of power in there. That's a lot of yeah. firepower, man. It those, is. Those, those carriers, man. Yeah, the carriers. Man. There's enough, there's enough juice in there to uh, to wipe out a country and start under a new name. I mean, oh sure, yeah, definitely. There's so much power there; it's unbelievable. Yeah, my uh, my father actually was a he he piloted the USS Enterprise uh, carrier in the Navy for like 13 years, and um, it trust me, the stories he has to tell about them it's it's quite fantastic. Uh, the the power mm-hmm. and the military might of especially with our Navy. Now, granted, I know I think China is starting to rival us as far as ship count, but whether or not their quality, you know, ships, that's to be seen. Well, it's but all the ships and the positioning of their ships. See, we yeah. got ships surrounding our, we've been building this fleet for years. So we have carriers and ships surrounding them right now. So they mm-hmm. got to build the ships and they got to get their ships over here and surround us. So, yeah, it's uh, it's amazing to think how United States, how it's going to disappear and so that way, Israel's all by themselves. And I think what's going to happen is all these war fronts are going to open up between Taiwan, China, and all these different war fronts are going to open up for us. It's going to cause us to leave Israel by themselves. So that way, we can fight this multi-front war we're about to face. Mm-hmm. That's why I believe Israel's going to be left by themselves. Not because so much of America's turning their back on them so much, but it's just a fact that we are going to be so we're going to be spread so thin. That yeah. we're going to leave Israel all by themselves. Well, you know, we oh. um, we talk a lot about uh, about Ezekiel uh, thirty eight sometimes, right? Ezekiel thirty eight and thirty nine, mm-hmm. and in that war, 
um, God, it's pretty obvious that by the time that war takes place, that we're, we're already out of there because, I mean, God does that war for a specific purpose. It's to say, these are my people, Israel. And um, at that point, he's protecting Israel from a gigantic attack. So there's no United States to, to protect Israel at that point. Um, certainly if the United States was any kind of power, you wouldn't see those major powers attacking Israel. I mean, right now, uh, even Hezbollah is has a skirmish going on, but they haven't full-blown shot up their 150,000 rockets. And even though the United States is somewhat weakened right now, we're still strong enough to, to basically restrain that from happening. So, mm-hmm. you know, the, things are going to change. But the big thing that's really going to change is economically here in the in the United States when the rapture occurs. Mm-hmm. I mean, consider, you know, the consumers. This 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 country is consumer driven, right? Oh, take yeah. out take out all the Christians, take out all the children. What do you have left? You have mm-hmm. you have a shell of what this country is right now. And the economic um, catastrophe that this country is in, I mean, you guys are aware that we're paying $640 billion for interest on our debt. That is the, that, that is the fourth highest budget item right now in the United States behind Social Security, Medicare, and defense. And then it's the debt, the debt interest. And right now, it's it's $100,000 per citizen is, is our debt. Well, what happens when the rapture occurs? I mean, you're talking about all the children, all the Christians leaving. That debt is now going to go on to those other people, and it's just not going to be able to be uh, ever paid back. So when the piper comes to call, then you can see how quickly it's going to get to the point where one day's wage is for a loaf of bread. And that's exactly what the third seal is. So it's it's fairly soon. you got the Antichrist coming on the scene, right? Confirming the covenant with many. Mm. You've got World War III plus, which is basically the the pieces taken from the earth and the red horse, where you've got people against people, civil wars all over the, the world. And then you have the 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 uh, black horse, which is famine and pest- more pestilence and inflation to the point where, it's like it says, one day's wage for a loaf of bread. So look for some. I've I've talked to some people who aren't believers about this, and they're like, "Wow, it really says that." And I'm like, "Yeah," and they're like, "Dude, inflation's going crazy right now." And I'm like. Look, if it keeps on going this way and it keeps on ramping up and goes up in a parabolic curve, you can see how how we're not too far away from that. So, Bob, I think you're right. We are absolutely on the cusp, on the verge of the seven-year tribulation beginning because we can see those things already starting now. Amen. It is. It's at the door, that's for sure. It couldn't be closer. I mean, we have reached such a level right now that. Uh, you think that they, they know what they're doing? That they're going to be able to like manage that after the rapture? They don't even. They can't even manage it properly now. 
just think about how they're going to how bad they're going to destroy things. And I'm not just talking about the United States. I'm talking about all over the world because the whole world's connected with the economy. I mean, when, when, you know, we we can see that every day. So if the United States starts to hemorrhage, then many, many other countries will start to hemorrhage. And those countries also have connections with countries who don't necessarily rely on the United States, but they have still a connection with those countries. So considering that, this world is not equipped to go through Mm -hmm. what it's going to go through. That's why Jesus says it's going to be the worst time ever. Because you can see that the leadership in this world is not equipped to actually lead anybody anywhere doing anything, let alone during a crisis. We just saw a crisis a few years back, and we saw how they handled that. It was a disaster. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, now, now multiply that by a thousand. Oh, yeah. That's why they're going to need those 15-minute cities. Because once um, after the rapture resurrection... That's um our economy is just going to completely collapse, okay, oh, yes. and that's going to collapse the world economy. That's going to open the door for a totally new currency, okay, and that new currency is a CBDC, and that will be the currency that will that they will implement for everybody that will live in those fifteen minute cities, okay. Yeah. So if you're going into a fifteen minute city, uh, basically that's a that's an internment camp, that's a FEMA camp, pretty much, mm-hmm. okay. That's what they're going to be. You walk in the city, they're going to be like, okay, who are you? Let's see, are you this person? They have a list. They'll have you listed. If you walk in there, like, you're like, I walked in there. They're like, oh, yeah, kill on site. All right. <laughs> you know, when I get there, you know. So there's only a certain type of people they're going to let into these cities. And I tell you what, those cities, they're not, they don't have uh, any handicap accessible or elderly people accessibilities to them at all. Okay. Yeah. You already have Bill, uh, what's it, Bill Gates talking about how uh, people who are elderly are taking up too much money out of the economy late, so late in life, and we need a uh, we need to change all that. I was like, how are you going to change all that, Bill? There's only one way to change all that. Right, take <laughs> yeah. people out. Yeah, I mean, yeah. look, Bob, they're already starting to do it now. They're definitely doing it in Canada. I mean, where they've got euthanasia like all over the place yeah. now, and not only that, you've got. Um, what, what's the harlot drunk on? The harlot is drunk on the blood of the saints, yeah. is it not? I mean, yeah. so it is, and John marveled at the harlot and just was like, whoa, because you can see this taking place right now and ramping yes. up into the tribulation where people, like you just said, Bob, they're taken out. The, the harlot is drunk on the blood of the saints, mm-hmm. and those who, who, who remain and continue going forward, the beast system devours the harlot system. Then the beast system beheads you if you don't worship the Antichrist and the beast. Right. So, you know, you, you're. Let's put it this way: you don't want to go through that time. That's the, that's one of the reasons why we do this every single week. We do it Amen. one one reason. The main reason is to spread the gospel so that people can be saved, so that they don't have to go through that time. Another main reason why we do this is for those who are saved so that we come together and we edify each other all the more so as we see the day approaching. So this th- this is what we do here in order to keep our lamps full, you know, yeah. and overflowing. This is the, that's that's the key. We got to keep the spirit. We got to we have to make sure that we have the full armor on. We talked about that just before we came on that Amen. If you don't have the full armor on these days. 
and we see it. You look at the person and you're like, hey, get a clue. Come on now. But they can't get a clue because they don't have their armor on. So they're getting bombarded with the world mm-hmm. all over the place. And they're just like that seed that just gets, you know, flown away yeah. in the wind because they just yeah. go with every single whim. This week, I'm going to have this flag on my mm. ex account. This week, I'm going to have this flag or whatever. It's just like. Exactly. Seared yeah. conscience. Yeah. yeah. And just letting too much, uh, too much thoughts and not taking every thought captive, you know. And I, I've noticed a lot of that, too. And, and just from the experiences that I have with communicating with others in the body, it, I know there's a full-on spiritual warfare right now like we've never seen before, and I, I believe this is also completely in relation to how close we are to the seven-year tribulation period. But, um, you know, just remembering to put on that whole armor of God is so important, and the helmet of salvation, you know, to have our shield of faith and the belt, right, of truth. It's it's just so important every single day, and I can't tell you guys, and I was telling Brother Kevin, you know, I, I know I get to put a piece on <laughs> because I'm like, oh, wow. I just took some arrows into the face. <laughs> like, you know, it's like, oh, Jesus help me, you know. And I go, I get back in the Word, and uh, we we're again, we were talking about that in the in the backstage, and just before coming on, you know, I, I was starting to read. And my wife's like, "Are you preparing?" And it's like, "Yeah, you know, it's topping off the tank, staying in the Word, staying, uh, you know, assembling all the more as we see the day approaching, and and praying." And that doesn't mean some, you know, elaborate communique you know it's just talking with god just talking with jesus and being honest with him i mean he knows you more than yourself and i remember this past week um on my channel i was doing the live stream i was talking about there was you know a moment where i started feeling real down you know and um like a depression type down and i remember i was like lord i just was honest i was like lord i know this isn't from you you know you you came to give me life and life more abundantly to have peace and joy and happiness I was like, I know this isn't from you. And the moment that I brought that to the Lord, it's he just immediately started lifting that. And I know we've talked about this before on the on, on uptime about how quick God moves when you bring things to him. But I just encourage you guys because I know it's rough. I mean, we see Israel. I mean, look what's going on over there and the and the there all the uh, protests that are going on throughout the United States. It's almost unreal. It's like, uh, do we still live in America? If this would have been back in 2001 with these types of protests, this would have never flown. You know, yeah. this is craziness what we're seeing now. And so, oh, if, um, yeah, well, if you don't have that. Consider this too, though, Michael. Like you said, even though we're believers, right, we still take darts. Amen. Think about who. Think about the unbeliever who has absolutely no protection whatsoever. I mean, it gives you it gives you a perspective, really, on why those people are saying those things, why they're doing those things, why they're chanting those things. Mm-hmm. I mean, especially lately, even our Congress people are doing those things and saying those things. I mean, our, our the stepdaughter of the vice president. The, the, but you look at that and you go, you know, you, to us, it's like, how could you even think that way? But take. The Holy Spirit out of your body. Take it out of your spirit. Take it out of your mind. Take the Holy Spirit away from all three facets of what makes you up. And and focus just on the world and what the world teaches and what the world wants. Put yourself in that person's shoes. And they're absolutely going to say all those things. Because they have no discernment whatsoever. That's what the Holy Spirit brings. 
Amen. It brings discernment. It also it brings the you know you get the the fruits of the spirit. You get self control. It's one of those Amen. things. Out, where's self control anymore for anybody in, that, that that's focused in the world? Where is their self control? They have none anymore. Yep. Yep. That's right. Yeah, the Holy Spirit's our counselor. Like he, he helps us understand what what's going on here and everything that's, everything that's going on here according to the Bible. What really blows me away is the amount of people globally that reacted so fast to this whole thing where you have all these uh, protests going on. Yeah. And it just blows my mind and how one-sided they all are, mm-hmm. you know. And then in the midst of it, you have all the terrorists, you know. Yep. And the terrorists, well, the people are like, well, the terrorists, they just, you know, they're doing this because they're mad at the whole thing going on in Israel. I'm like, no, they're not. They're using this as a cover so they can go destroying, destroy and kill people. Mm. They don't really care about the Palestinians. A lot of these Muslims, they don't care. They're like, who are these Palestinians? Don't care. Oh, according, sure. according to according to our Quran, we kill everybody. We kill everything. Everything dies. Okay, that's what we have to do. So that way our God can come and take over this planet. You know, they're right. Because their God is coming to Allah, the devil. He's coming here to take over the planet. Yep. He has seven years to run this place. Yep. He's going to really run into the ground. So they're right. I mean, everything they're doing is exactly what the grand tells them to do. And they're going to succeed. Our Bible says they're going to succeed. And the devil will be kicked down here to the earth. Yep. But that way they can mm-hmm. enjoy seven glorious years with him. And then they all get thrown into the pit <laughs> at the end of this whole thing. You know, that's yeah, that that's but you can see that just lining up right now because people right now are are really lawless. I mean, yes. just for the most part, they're like if you're not in Christ, you're pretty much lawless at this point. Uh, either you're doing something overtly out in the streets or you're doing something behind closed doors, but you're doing something to basically break the law. And what's going to really happen though, when the restrainer is removed right now, the restrainer us, the body of Christ with the Holy spirit are restraining. We, we absolutely do restrain. We, there are people in certain positions all over the country, all over the world that restrain certain things. Take all those people out. What do you have left? Now you have the blind leading the blind and the lawless leading the lawless. So you have absolutely no checks or balances whatsoever. But what's going to happen is that there's going to be a ladder rain. There is going to be a group, a very, very large group of people that are not going to buy into that. They are going to know. I I talked to my buddy this just this week and he's like, "Um, I want to know uh, about the rapture. And I'm like, all right, I'll talk, talk to you about the rapture. And I'm just like, all right, that sounds great. You know, <laughs> let's do this. And he's like, all right, well, first of all, I'm Catholic. And um, I go, okay, well, uh, do you believe that Jesus died on the cross and rose again on the third day? And he said, no, I don't. I don't. And I said, okay, well, you won't be raptured <laughs> uh, because if you're not saved, you have absolutely no chance of being raptured. And he goes, okay, okay. So let's say the rapture happens. The first thing I'm going to do is I'm going to believe. <laughs> I said, well, okay, that we're, you're on the right track at least. <laughs> I mean, so he recognized right off the bat that if the rapture occurs and a whole bunch of Christians are removed and the children are removed, he's immediately going to go, oh, wait a minute. All that was true. 
So he's got that mm-hmm. foundation, but he doesn't he doesn't have any roots, right? Mm-hmm. So it's like that parable of the seed. He doesn't have any roots. So, but things will change. And he said, Oh, every I said, Do you think things will change for you? And he goes, Everything will change for me. He goes, I will go out to anybody and everybody who will listen, and I will tell them that I'm a believer now and that I wasn't before and that I wasn't taken. And the reason why you're here is because you did not believe and he's going to be a witness, he basically said. So, I mean, consider that's just one random guy. Mm. How many others are going to feel like that as well? That's why there is a ladder rain because, listen, we've had effect on people here. Everybody in this sure. in this audience yes. has, has an effect on everybody else in this world. They can see us for who we are by our fruits. Mm. See? Mm. So when yeah. we're all gone, it's not going to be a coincidence. Yeah. It's going to be an event and they know about that event. Most people in the United States at least know that uh, something about the rapture. Well, you know what's going to be really hard about that, Kevin? Next time you tell him is when he's left behind, okay? You got a new gospel you got to deal with and basically we go back to the kingdom gospel where you're proselyted into the Jewish nation to be saved. Yeah. And we talk about that that's laid out in Ephesians uh 212, Esther 817, Zechariah 823. I talked about that, where you have they became Jews, okay, because of the king's decree and the Jews defeated all those people and stuff like that at the time of Esther. And so basically you need to become a Jew. So right now, let me ask you, or anybody listening right well, now. Well, hold on, hold on. People, hold on, Bob. Last time you said that, we got tons of comments saying Bob said you need to become a Jew. Yeah, because what they think of Jews are unbelievers; they do not mm-hmm. believe in Christ. Right? So can you explain that a little further so that we don't get a million comments, please? <laughs> well, according to uh, according to Ephesians, it says uh, it says that uh, that at that time ye were without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth at Israel. Okay. And strangers from the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. Okay, that was before Paul's gospel or the age of grace we're in, where we had to go through Israel to get saved. But now we don't because we're in the age of grace. So we don't need Israel to get saved. But that changes after the age of body of Christ. The body of Christ is gone after the rapture. You had to go back to Israel again. So are you saying, so hold on, are you saying that during the tribulation, in order to be saved, you have to go to the temple to do sacrifices? No. You will have to partake in the uh, the kingdom gospel, no sacrifices, but the Revelation chapter 14 angel will lay out this everlasting gospel. It's going to be the gospel preached by the two witnesses, the 144,000 and the Revelation 14 angel. The gospel that you will be saved by after we're gone is the same gospel that Cornelius and his family were saved by. They became proselyted Jews. They were grafted into Abraham's promises. Okay, that's how you will get saved during that time, because we go to Zechariah eight twenty three says, "Thus saith the Lord of hosts: In those days it shall come to pass that the ten men shall take hold of all the language of those nations, and shall take hold of the skirt of him that is a Jew, saying, We will go with you, for we have heard that God is with you.' So you have to get saved through Israel. So with that being said, you so think about it right now." That would that would mean yet you have to go out and pretty much to say, hey, I side with Israel. 
I'm, I'm actually a spiritual Jew. Guess what? Jews aren't popular around this world right now, are they? And the hand of restraint is here. People are trying to kill them everywhere. They're trying mm-hmm. to pull them off a jet and see who has passports, see if you're a Jew or not, so they can kill you. And that's during the age of grace. Imagine when the hand of restraint is gone. And now you're going to try to go out there. I mean, your friends, I'm going to tell everybody, really, you better be careful. Because as soon as oh, they he, find out who you are, they're going to turn you in. They're going to kill you. He, he, I told him that. He's fully aware that it's going to be very perilous <laughs> yeah. for him. But he also knows that, that the alternative is the lake of fire. He knows that. See? Yeah. So I also talked talk to him about it and said, hey, if you actually survive the wars, if you actually survive the harlot system, like just exactly mm-hmm. what you're saying, which is you're preaching the, the kingdom gospel to other people. And they're like, take that guy in. If you actually are able to withstand that and you ultimately get all the way to where you take the mark, he said, I will, I would never, ever, ever take that mark. I would absolutely go into the other line and get my head chopped off. So well, th- this guy is like, he, you can tell he's like a tribulation saint. I mean, he already is a tribulation saint. He just, but but I'm like, you don't have to go through that, though. Yeah. You just believe now. And he's like, I have to see it to believe it. And I'm like, okay, let me tell you a story about Thomas. I was going to say that. But there are some people here that exactly. haven't heard this story yet. There yep. is a parallel between the disciple Thomas, which we know of as doubting Thomas, and the, the seven-year tribulation. Jesus died, resurrected, and then he visited his disciples. He came into mm-hmm. to the midst of them through the wall, basically. And they saw him, but there was one disciple that was not there. Now, of course, Judas was already dead by that, but the the one disciple, Thomas, was not there. So there was 10 that were there and they saw him. Then Thomas came after Jesus left and Thomas said, I will not believe that Jesus rose from the dead Mm -hmm. until I see him and I put my fingers into his holes. Yep. Yeah. He said, that's the only way I'm going to be able to believe. So here's the mm-hmm. kicker. Jesus, of course, knew that's the way he felt. <laughs> so, but did Jesus go to him right away? No, he did not. He actually waited one week. And then he returned. And then he went, showed himself to Thomas. And Thomas believed. And Jesus said, I'm very happy that you believe, basically. But mm-hmm. blessed are those who believe and have not seen. You see, we get a special blessing. The ones who have to see to believe, they do not get a special blessing. They Mm -hmm. go through that time of testing, and that's exactly where they need to be. We don't need to be in the time of testing because we've already passed that test when we accepted Jesus Christ as our Savior and received the Holy Spirit. He has not. He went to Catholic Church as a child. He -hmm. learned some foundational things, and he did not believe. However, he knows about it so that if it happens, he will believe because now he's seen. So he is a Thomas, and he has to go through that period of time until Jesus basically returns in order to get his glorified body. Exactly. And, you know, refresh my memory, Kevin. And Mm -hmm. uh, when the first 10, when they were there, when Jesus came and he said he breathed on them and said, receive you the Holy Spirit, right? I don't recall with Thomas having that same type of account. Yeah. Which is also kind of interesting, potentially another 
a foreshadow or a typology of the Holy Spirit on the blessing of this age. That we're there in. you go. Yeah. I mean, lamps full, right? And ready yep. to roll. And we've got that special blessing. We've got the Holy Spirit inside Amen. of us. He does Amen. not. He does not have that special breathing, uh, you know, the, the breath of the Spirit yeah. on him. So he doesn't even get that until <clears throat> way later. And you know what? Yep. Thomas had to wait until Pentecost. And so he had to wait a long time in 50 days. So my buddy's going to have to wait a long time in order to to get that. He's going to have to wait until the end of the seven years. And then at that point, at least at that point, he, you know, the the alternative is just is the worst. Right. I mean, the alternative is the lake of fire, just accepting the world system, accepting the mark worshiping the antichrist that is going to get you right smack dab in the lake of fire so look if you're if you're not going to believe now at least believe during that time because you you know you're going to see it however it's not going to be as easy i think as he thinks it might be because for those who do not believe god is going to send them strong delusion to basically believe the lie which is jesus christ is not the savior he is not the christ yeah. There is the Antichrist. He is the Messiah. That's what is going. people are going to believe, and they're going to worship. So it's going to be a very difficult task. However, there's going to be a lot of help, like Bob was talking about. 144,000 mm-hmm. witnesses, mm-hmm. Uh, two witnesses in Jerusalem, angels that go around the sky and tell every single person on the face of the earth in their own language, that of what the kingdom gospel is. So there's not going to be an excuse to, that people are not going to know. That's why this says that the gospel will be preached to the entire world and then Jesus will come back. Yeah. Right. And just the physical chaos after the rapture, how long it's going to take to overcome that? Like there is a lot of things that's going to go wrong, like planes might fall and, a lot of people will be missing, of course, and the children, all these parents missing their kids and everything. The chaos will be tremendous. So how oh. long that chaos will last, right? Yeah. Before it's not oh. going to be an overnight thing. It's going to yeah, exactly. be a long, long thing there. And um, it makes me think about what you guys are saying because I, I don't know why it is. I guess it's maybe a complacency, a, a just a downfall of the, the natural man, so to speak, to to think that things are always going to be a gravy train. Obviously, we have people in other parts of the world who don't have electricity or running water or the amenities that we have here in most of the Western world. But, I mean, just when people go without power – you know, they don't even really know what to do, but it's not, it's something, it's almost like a cognitive distance. They don't, they don't really understand or know how to deal with it until it happens because they, they're not even really considering the idea of it happening to begin with. And then you have movies, unfortunately, that have, you know, propagated this notion that being left behind really isn't that big of a deal, that there's still <laughs> somewhat of a normal functioning society. You just have these crazy marauder type government groups taking over. But they're um, not prepared, are they? Yeah, they're not no. prepared. If if they're actually going off of Mad Max, yeah, Mad, they're that, not that'd be a better idea. Or the postman, the postman, which is actually not not that bad of a thing. But I mean, it's not going to be that good. But the whole kicker and the whole point of this this whole you know se- session that I've been talking about with him mm-hmm. is basically don't give up Amen. on on anybody at this point. Don't give up because. Yeah. 
they they mm-hmm. just may be a tribulation saint, and what you do now may push them over the edge, may, may be the kicker of it. Because look, if they know you and they know that you're expecting the rapture mm-hmm. and they know what you believe, and then they know that you're gone as well as other people that they know, they are going to know the truth. They are going to. Oh, read. yeah. You're going to remember what people said. Amen. Oh, I remember what this guy said about the rapture. So that's what it is. I missed it. What now? Well, No matter what they're doing right now, no matter who they are or what their character is or anything, right, do Kevin. not give up on them. Okay? Right. You're yeah, right. it's going to be tough for them, Bale, to do all that work. You know, even Jesus talks about at the end of the tribulation, he judges the sheep and the goats, and he says, you know, you help. Is it, it's a Lord, when did we see you thirsty? Lord, when did we see you without clothes? When did we see you in prison? When did we see you in all these things? And it's like, well... You, when you help the least to me, okay, then you done it unto me. So with that being said, during the tribulation, if you're not out there doing that stuff, and it's going to be hard because you're going to put yourself in harm's way by going out there and doing that stuff, okay? So you didn't do it, so now you're going to be, you're not, Jesus will decide whether or not you're going to go into the Jerusalem or you're going to be thrown into the pit exactly. at that point. And the Bible, well, the Bible says that the fearful have the part in the lake of fire. You were fearful. You wanted to stay behind and try to go into tribulation, and you were fearful, and you got the mark. Of course, you're lost at that point. You don't want to be here for any of this stuff, man. I mean, no, it's, you know, it's like, it, that, that don't make any sense to me at all. I was like, hold on a second, brother. Um, All you have to do is just have faith in this finished works to save you right now. You are saved by grace through faith, and you get to go to this incredible incredible wedding feast of the lamb get to go through the rapture resurrection is our gathering together unto him and the list goes on and on and on why would you want to stay here just deny jesus now and right. test your might against uh against the antichrist where the bible says is going to railroad you so you're not going to survive and what did jesus said if you deny me i'll deny you before my father before my father okay so how many times you're going to deny jesus in the tribulation, not even before the people are going to arrest you and behead you, just anybody that's around you that might want to cause you harm. How many times do you think your friends going to deny Jesus to try to save his own butt? Oh, well, if it's even one time, there's no hope for that person because they're going to yeah. fall right into the deception. Yeah, right. It's, it's going to be tough. You no, know, it's, it's absolute it's respect for this. When I see the tribulation saints when they come up here, when oh, we yeah. meet them in heaven, I'm going to be at respect. Well, the first time we'll, we'll, we'll be introduced to them, right, is at the fifth seal, right? So mm-hmm. they're going to be under the altar and they're going to be calling out for vengeance while we're praising and we're watching, you know, already in our glorified bodies. They're going to be under the altar and they're going to be calling out for vengeance. Yeah. And Jesus is going to give them a white robe and say, hold on a second. Just wait for a little bit longer until the rest of your brethren are killed in the like manner. So when that stops happening then it's going to be very very close to the end of the end at that point for the tribulation not the end of the end of the of the world because you still got a thousand year reign yeah. you'll have the white great white throne judgment which i was talking to steve this week we were talking about the great white throne judgment that is going to be a long long Time. It's a good thing there's no time then at that point, because that's after the thousand years and it's just eternity because like the heaven and earth passes away and then there's a great white throne judgment. Consider all of the dead 
that are going to be judged according to their works during that period of time. Yeah. I mean, there's going to be some interesting viewing going on for certain people, right? I mean, Hitler is probably one of them that a lot of people are going to want to go see his judgment at the great white throne. And I'm sure that there's plenty of others that are more contemporary than him that Bob's <laughs> interested in seeing their judgment as well, because not only will they get the judgment there in terms of, of what they said or whatever, but recall when the woman who was going to get stoned by the people, Remember what Jesus did? Jesus drew a line in the dirt and then he showed them their sins. Okay. He showed each and every one of those people their sins. Most likely a very visual image of, of this is your life and, uh, and, and probably even their thoughts as well. So consider that a person at the great white throne judgment, the first thing they're going to do, Bob, is they're going to deny. They're going to lie. They're going to lie to the almighty God right in front of them and say, I didn't do that. I didn't do this. I never did that. This is what I meant. This is what I said. And then the book's going to get opened and they're going to see every single thing. And everyone else is going to see every single thing that they ever thought, did, or said. But we're going to be there too as, as judge too. Absolutely. God is the ultimate judge, but, But Because certainly I would see us as, as participants, possibly even, you know, um, testifying against somebody who, yeah, who, yeah. who basically, you know, yeah. wronged you in a way. And they basically said, no, no, I never did that. And it's like called John the watchdog to the stand. Yeah. You know, it's, and, it's interesting, uh, Kevin, uh, my Bible is actually opened right now to Romans nine. And I was thinking about what you're saying about how they'll immediately lie If they don't immediately lie, I have a feeling it's going to be like Romans 9, 20, when he says, But indeed, O man, are you to reply against God? Will the mm. thing formed say to him, Why have you made me like this? So are they just going to sit there and turn and blame God? Like, yeah. why'd you make me like I, this? Yeah. I think they're just going to take it and admit it. You know, the one thing I noticed really? and what the Lord showed me this week was the verse of Romans 2, verse 5. And if a if uh, Greg wants to bring that up. But, you know, a lot of us are like, you know, why are these wicked men, like these people in Congress, like Joe Biden, you know, and all these guys were, and George Soros, you know, they live to be like 100 million years old, you know, mm. and they don't die. But yet they're <laughs> yeah. so evil. Why are they so evil? And they get such a long life, Lord. That's not, I, why did you give them such a long life for, Lord? And they're so evil. They're doing all this evil. Well, the reason why the Lord does that is probably one so they would repent because if they don't, according to Romans 2.5, is the longer they live and the more evil works they build up, the worst it's going to be for them right. when they go to judgment and when they go to the lake of fire, when they when they go to hell and the lake of fire. In Romans 2.5 it says, but after thy hardness and impotent heart, treasure up unto thyself wrath against the day of wrath and the revelation of the righteous judgment of god yeah. so these people are like george soros and joe Amen. biden treasuring up heaps and heaps and heaps of wrath just yep. like we build up treasures they're building up heaps and heaps of wrath now i don't know how god's going to adjust that fire down them for them when they go down to the pit <laughs> for the well, heat that they deserve you gotta think the lake of fire also has certain levels as well right because yes. i mean the punishment can't be the same for every single person 
No. Um, just like the glory is not the same for everyone yeah. glorified. But yeah. I want just hear me out a real quick on this, Bob, and that is during the tribulation, people are going to know that it's God and they're still going to blaspheme him. Okay. So, yeah. mm-hmm. uh, so consider that. So at that point, when you're resurrected, I, I do believe that ultimately, yes, the, the, just like the Bible says, every knee will bow. Every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. But for some, it's going to take more than others, I believe, to get there. Yeah. Like yeah. The, the hard, the more hard your uh, hard uh, your heart is, I think the longer it's going to take for them to ultimately realize, like, and they come up with that argument, right? Why did you make me this way? And God's going to show them every single free will choice that they made in their life. And he said, I made you Amen. to have free will, and yeah. you chose exactly. these paths. You chose to reject me here, 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 all the way through. And you never accepted me into your heart. You never did it. And you Mm -hmm. chose that. I made you, yes, in order to have free will. But you are an individual and you chose your path individually. Exactly. Uh, Just coming back on on Revelation 21, 4, God's uh, and God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes. Yeah, we're gonna be there. We, if we're still judging, we're still gonna see people that we know. We're still gonna cry. I think about that. That's yeah. what I think. Unless I'm mistaken, correct me, please. It, no, it's possible because I think the wiping of the tears happens after that. Yes, and it's uh so because I you got to go through the judgment first, and if and when and I believe that we're there to witness it, it yes. is going to be. You are gonna know people. I mean, yeah. yes. That, that get thrown into Amen. the lake of fire. And that is not a good place to go. And I, no. I believe that, 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 but once that's over with, then that's there's no I'm more, saying. there's no more iniquity or anything in the kingdom at that no. point. There's no more. So, it, you know, you do wipe away everybody's tears and it's yes. kind of a great reset when he makes the new heaven and the new earth. Amen. Right? Amen. Hallelujah. And that Thank totally, and, uh, yes, that's what I thought, but I just want to be sure. Yes. Yeah, we're still no, gonna yeah. cry and see people going by, right? But, yeah, that's uh, too. Won't be remembered anymore, yeah. and so I think that's yeah. going to be really the key because we, as as humans, we remember a lot about mm-hmm. our past, especially about our own past, right? And we have regrets, and we have all kinds of things. But yeah. um, one person asked, "Hey, so for the believers, is that going to happen too?" Well, it's a little different for a believer because yes, you will get judged according to your works. But it's not a question of whether or not you're going to the lake of fire or not. That is that has already been decided that you are not going there. The works that you're judged for when you when the books are open and you're judged according to your works, you're not judged at the great white throne judgment. You're judged well before that with Jesus at the Bema seat. And that's when your works are going to be basically tried in the fire. And the ones that survive are going to be like gold, diamond, precious gems, great stuff, all the great works that, that that we did here on earth. And the ones that are dead works, those are going to be burned in the fire. And those Amen. will be gone forever because when it's burned in the fire, they are gone. But the Amen. ones that survive, those are the ones that give you all kinds of great rewards and things like that. And so yeah. it's way different for the believer than it is for the unbeliever because the unbeliever have no hope whatsoever. Exactly. And uh, just like what you're saying, Kevin and Brother Bob, with Romans uh, 2, 5, I just kind of want to dovetail what you're both saying together, because it uh, in Romans 9, 22, it says, what if 
God, willing to show his wrath and to make his power known, endured with much long suffering the vessels of wrath fitted to destruction. And this is in context to Pharaoh and him not going the right direction. I was actually talking to my daughter about this earlier. We did a Bible study and I was talking to her about how Pharaoh, he, he kept coming to these moments between these plagues where he was given a decision point, but yet he kept his hardened heart, kept hardening towards God. He had the free will to do what was right, but he kept rejecting God. So it totally, and it blows my mind how God just works all of these uptimes together with what's going on in our lives and the people we talk to. It's just amazing how that all works. And um, I do believe that's why that those people live to be so long is because God is, he is long suffering and he's, there's going to be absolutely no chance that they can say that God didn't give them a chance to turn from their evil, wicked ways. Yeah. I mean, he puts people into certain people's lives at certain times. Amen. And and we plant seeds all the time, don't we? We, 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 Mm -hmm. and that's the key that those are good works when you do those things, by the way, because you could choose just not to share anything about your faith. Okay, and if you do that, that's hiding your your candle underneath a bushel. Yeah. And and, and what happens to the servant that buries his talent talent. and does nothing with it? Whatever he has will be taken away from him and given to somebody else. So you don't you don't want that to be to be you. You want to take these opportunities, especially now when time is short, that you spread that seed because you never know. That seed can grow into something, and it may yep. take the rapture in order to like water it. <laughs> yeah, but at least mm-hmm. you planted that seed there, yep. and you were, and that work is going to survive the fire. And it's amazing. Sometimes your seed that you're casting may have an unintended audience that yep. someone in the room, you know, someone that's just over and listening, eavesdropping, if you will, on your conversation, and you know that that happens all the time, and it's amazing how many testimonies I've heard where someone was being told the gospel, but someone in the, in the background, right? The foreground's like, Oh, okay, this is the truth, you know? And so it's so amazing. And, and so many times, you know, so many years later, someone will be like, you know, I remember them having this conversation with me. I'm so grateful that they took the time, even though I was belligerent or drunk or high or whatever the case may have been that individual. They're like, they still took the time to talk to me. And because of that, I know the truth. It's and like building building a foundation. It's like just right. Yeah. You're like, you're yeah. like they just keep on heaping on blocks after block after block, and pretty soon you have a structure. Yeah. <laughs> and you're like, oh, wait a minute, I actually have some faith here. What am I going to do about it? Right. And th- th- that's really the awesome part. In addition to that, there's the whole thing about well, sometimes you don't even have to be overt about it. There, mm-hmm. there was, there's a guy that is a believer. He's, he's one of my really good friends now. I met him like 20 years ago now. Oh my gosh, time flies. 20 years ago. <laughs> I actually was part of the hiring committee that hired him into the company. And about a year, about a year, he would he work for about a year. Then he left. And about a year later, he called me up and he said, Hey, Kevin, um, you're a believer, right? And I'm like, yeah, how did, how did you know? He goes, I can tell. I could tell the whole time I was there. I could just tell. And I'm like, well, how did I did, I did not talk about the gospel, uh, you know, out loud to a bunch of people 
maybe maybe one person like off to the side or something so every once in a while. But like I didn't like stand at the in the office floor and say, Jesus Christ is Lord. You need to believe. You know, I, I wasn't doing that. OK. And I don't necessarily recommend doing that either. I mean, because there's a place in time for everything. Yeah. But, but let's just no, put it this there. He knew he knew that I believed. And at, at, at that point, he was like, I work at Left Behind Games. We need somebody to help make this game because it's a disaster. <laughs> and I'm like, well, how bad could it be? And I'm telling you, boy, I, I should write a book actually of how bad that <laughs> was because the very first mission, the secondary objective of the first mission was if you like to kill, kill everybody on the map. And I'm like, what? You know, so I, what did I just walk myself into? And so, um, so I basically redesigned the entire game, made 40 missions, and it's the very first and I think still only uh, real-time strategy game on the PC that has no object objective to kill somebody or something. So, which is very difficult to do, by the way, to design a real-time strategy game where you don't kill somebody. Wow. <laughs> so it, it, it was not easy. But but the way that it was going was just ridiculous. And he was the one who brought me there because when I looked at that, I thought, oh my gosh, if we if this game goes out as is, it I mean, it's going to like, it's going to harm Christianity big time. It's going to harm the faith. I mean, people are going to say convert or kill, convert or die. And, <laughs> yeah. and that's not our way. That is not that's our way. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, so the point is that you don't even have to be overt. People will actually sense it from you because they'll see yeah, you they by do. your fruit. Yeah. I remember uh, mm -hmm. just helping a lot of people. And uh, one of the times I was helping someone was needed help moving stuff. And, uh, this girl, her mom had passed away and uh, she had to go live somewhere else. And so I was like, they had no one else to help them. And I was like, hey, you know, I'll help. So I'm moving their furniture and just trying to be encouraging the best way I can. And and I remember there was one of her friends came up and she's like, something's different about you. And I was like, man, I was like, yeah. it's so cool when that happens. Isn't it? I'm like, God, that's so amazing. Because I, I just, you don't even have to say anything. And it's like, right when God had, he puts those certain individuals upon your path and they just open up and come to you about it. And those are, those are those divine appointments guys that it's just such an amazing joy to be able to, to share the gospel in those moments when someone comes seeking the truth. But uh, what a blessing. That the key is. Is, is just not to do something that could cause somebody to stumble. Yeah. Right? It's that's yeah. why we always have to be on the watch for how we act, what we do, what we say, Amen. Because even though it's not overtly maybe preaching the gospel, but it's mm -hmm. causing people not to stumble because you don't want to be a bad witness is what you e don't. Exactly. We don't want to ruin our testimonies. We don't want to be a bad witness. And, and there was actually a gentleman I knew in the army and um, he was different. This was before, way before I was born again. And I knew something was felt different about him. And I, whether this is from the Lord or not, I remember having a dream about uh, almost a year ago now. Wow. And um, I was running and bounding through this huge grassy field. It, it kind of reminded me of like uh, talking about like Heinz feet, you know. And um, so I was just bounding through and I was smiling and laughing. And I remember stopping on this, this ridge, if you will, overlooking even more meadowy grass field. And there was a man standing there and he turned around and he was smiling and he looked at me. And it was that guy 
I can't even remember his name that I that I worked with for a little bit in the army, and I was like, "Hey!" And I started smiling real big, and I woke up, and I and I thought about him, and I was like, "How weird is that, man? I haven't thought about that guy in years. I mean, years upon years upon years. So long. There's no no way this. I don't. It's like I couldn't even remember his face till that dream." Right. And I was like, that's so weird. I wanted the Lord, you know, show me that, hey, this guy way back in the day was someone who was a believer who was always rooting for me. And I was like, that's so crazy. You know, I see that in my dreams when somebody pops up and like, you know, I haven't thought about you in 30 years. I haven't said your name out loud in 30 years. You know, you pop up in my dreams, just random Mm. I always take that as an indicator that the Lord wants me to pray for them or their situation because I'm yeah. like, I, I, I didn't pre-plan that in my subconscious anywhere. Exactly. And you pop up and <laughs> I have a short conversation with you or whatever. So when that happens to anybody out there, pray for that person, you know, you know even try to contact them. If the, Facebook's usually a good way to do it, you know, mm. usually the way is the best way. Without being too like, hey, spent thirty years <laughs> going on, you know. Hey, what's up? You know? <laughs> I, I found in times like those, Bob, it's it's better to obey the Lord when he when he pings you Amen. than not, because Amen. you do. Because you know what happens is that you get blessed for that. I mean, yes. just straight up, you, you you it may not be something super tangible, but you can feel it in your spirit that, yeah. you know, something is happening. And then sometimes they'll even contact you and say, I don't know what happened, but all such things started to get a little bit better. You know, and you're like, mm-hmm. wow. Uh, you oh, know, right. just that's the opportunity, right? You take that opportunity. Yep. Go, By the way, I was thinking about you and I was praying for you. And they're like, well, you did, you know, yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, even yeah. unbelievers like when you pray for them. Okay. Amen. <laughs> they so, certainly do. Some don't, but many, 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 the majority do because they, because it's just another connection to, to, to them. And also they're like, wow, maybe I'll get some of that blessing, you know, <laughs> through the third party here, yeah. <laughs> yeah. you know, it's you know, residual effect. <laughs> yeah. It's so wild though, Kevin, because when you see people like that, it's like, you can have that too, that relationship yeah. and that joy and those blessings and the prayer life with the Lord. And, and they, it's, it's funny because it's like they have a form of godliness, right? But mm. I know in the deny the power thereof, but they, they want that relationship. I guess it's, they want to sit at the table with two masters and I, I can't, say that i don't understand that because i was there at one point in my life too you know before the lord opened my eyes and and did the damascus smackdown on me and but it's so amazing how god does that like the prayers you know and i think uh one of the most exciting times when when it comes to prayer i've actually had a couple prayers but one i want to share with you guys uh when this is a long time i mean i was lord knows i don't even know how i have this memory still i was probably about six or seven years old and i was raised in church and um i remember where we were in a prayer group prayer meeting it was like a classroom setting with the student desk and we were all going in there and it was called like jacob's warriors something like that and i was in there praying and they had this hat and they wanted us to write down something that we were gonna that we wanted or what we were gonna pray about and put it in the hat and then they were gonna randomly pull out you know the, the little snippet and read it and everyone was going to pray about that 
well, me being, you know, she's just naive and I'm sitting there. I was like, yeah, whatever. At six, seven years old. And I was like, I wrote down money and <laughs> I put money. And I was like, let's see. And I threw it in there. And I don't know how, Kevin. I don't, Bob, I don't know how it happened. But, John, I, I tell you, I when they grabbed that hat and they reached in, I, I had this sinking feeling, right, yeah. that that was the one they were going to grab. And sure enough, they pulled it out. And <laughs> they looked all funny. And they're like, money, okay. So they started praying about it. And everyone prayed over it. Well, I, I tell you what, about... Two days later, my mom used to to iron these little white button up shirts that I'd wear to church, and in in the breast pocket was like three dollars rolled up in there, and I was like, "Where did this come from?" We were really poor back then, so just to have that just randomly there was just impossible. And um, it's so funny how God puts those little things throughout your life like that, you know, showing you how real it is, how real that relationship and the power of God and prayer, how it really works, guys. Um, Someone said praying is under or very underrated. I would definitely agree with you. That's the most powerful thing. That's why I say the most thing you could ever do for me, the biggest blessing you could ever do for me or any of us here on this panel is pray for us. Yes. I always remember the um, Southwest Radio Church. Their opening was God is still on the throne and prayer changes things. They would always open up their program with that. I'm praying strongly right now for my brother. I'll uh, definitely be praying for him. Yes. And my brother is asking a lot of questions right now about what's on the go in the world and all this stuff. And um, I know there's a lot of people that are praying for my brother and it makes a difference. I just had another Bible study with him just before uptime. So he's a truck driver, but still he stops and gets his Bible and everything. He's not saved yet, but is asking a lot of questions. And I know it's very on the edge of being saved. And I'll let you guys know, but Prayers does change a lot of things. It Amen. makes things a lot Amen. better. And you don't you don't understand the power like it was saying underrated there. You don't you, you cannot estimate the power of prayer until you have physically lived it. Mm. Amen. On a lighter note though, I think you just came up with the title of your next song there, Michael, Damascus Smackdown. Oh, I like it. <laughs> it's going to be the next one. I yeah. mean, I, I think that you could write that and it could be awesome. <laughs> yep, yep. We definitely got to do it. <laughs> oh, see, Caesar, cool. Caesar, actually, Caesar just asked, is Damascus in the Bible the same Damascus as today? And the answer is absolutely yes. Mm-hmm. So yes. a matter of fact, it is yes. widely known that Damascus is the most continuously inhabited city in the whole yes. world. Yep. One night, basically, it's going to be leveled and destroyed. And we don't know when that's going to happen, if it's pre-rapture or post-rapture. You can make a case for both of those things, but we don't really know. But I can say this, Bob, if we see that happen, I think we'll we'll know that the rapture is right at right there at the door. Amen. Well, I'm a big believer that that we're, you know, we're in that timeout period. That's a big prophecy to fulfill. Yeah. That's a big one. 
I don't see that being fulfilled during the age of grace. I don't because we got wait for the we got wait for the timeout period to end for the uh, age of grace and Israel's prophetic timeline to unpause and the clock to start ticking again. You know, I always make that that analogy about a basketball game because I used to be a basketball player. And what happens at a timeout? The two teams, we've got Israel, okay, Jacob and Esau, okay, two teams. They're playing, they're fighting, timeout. And they go and they go sit down on the bench and they're off the court. What happens What happens during that time on that court? Cheerleaders come out. It's been my experience. So they come out to do a show. They all come out and they're doing a show out there doing stuff. And you know what happens? None of, if uh, we're in a timeout, I never seen it where the other team runs back on the court and starts throwing a ball around during the timeout and messes up the cheerleaders' act. Mm-hmm. Okay, they sit on the bench and they wait for the whistle to go or the bell to the bell to go before they come back up. So what happens? A court is being occupied, just like the bride of Christ. The cheerleaders are occupying the court right now during the timeout. Okay. When the time when, when the whistles go and the bell rings, the cheerleaders walk off the court because they're no longer on the court. Time is in, and the two teams come back onto the court, and it resumes. They go right back to where they were almost two thousand years ago. Jacob and Esau. Mm. Okay, mm. so when that clock starts ticking, the bride of Christ, us, of course, represented the cheerleaders. Of course, we're, we were on the court. We were center stage. We're, we're but we're gone now. All right, mm-hmm. we're taken away in the rapture resurrection, and at that point, once that game resumes, that's when I see Damascus being destroyed because I can't think of any other any other country destroying that destroying Damascus other than Israel. I can't oh. think of anybody else because Israel has invested interest in destroying Damascus more than any other. Let me na- name any other country. That has an invested interest in in destroying Damascus other than Israel. There's nobody. No. Okay. Only Israel. And okay. Israel is the one who's actually threatening to do so. Even recently, yeah. as a couple of weeks ago, basically saying we're going to level Damascus if you guys start, mm-hmm. you know, firing at us right. and stuff. So, that's that's Daniel's seventieth week. And you know yeah. what? You know, will will they? You think they might be able to uh, level that city with a standard missile? No, it's going to take yeah. a nuclear weapon to do that. Most likely. And uh, they're getting really loose with those nuclear weapons now over mm. there right now. I mean, I mean, if you watch any if you watch any of the updates right now, I mean, there are constant uh, nuclear fortresses in the air all the time now. Shutting the trans off and everything. Yeah. I mean, it's just yeah. There's a lot of girl. loose talk as well about nukes. Like just like something yeah. you never would say before. Even Trump mentioned that, like, what about a year ago? He was like, that's just not something that you ever want to talk about. And yet people were talking about it, like, out in the open. Like, it's sure. Yeah, yeah, they're trying to normalize it. Destruction, yeah. Yeah, I I can see that happening, Bob. I mean, compound that with the rapture. Mm -hmm. Then you get the leveling of Damascus. Because there are a lot of people who are unbelievers who know about that prophecy, you know. And certainly the Jews know about that prophecy. So. You know? And what about the banks? What about all the problem with the banks are having right now? Mm. You guys hear about that? All the problems well, yeah. with the banks? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Not getting their deposits now and accounts shutting down. Big banks like uh, Wells Fargo and Chase and Citibank, Bank of America, these big banks. You know, a lot of people Same don't know that the globalists had a, uh, on September 25th, 
they had a uh, they had a conference where they invited uh, they had digital currency reform experts there. Okay, mm-hmm. and basically what they're doing is they're talking about how they're going to take the entire world currency, the world, the whole world economy, and they want to create a digital currency for the whole world. But the problem was they had to unify the language between all the all the continents, all the countries for mm-hmm. the digital currency. Okay, we got many different languages. That's why we got different exchanges and stuff like that. So they had to be able to unify the language. Okay, and especially between banks too. I mean, there 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 are different languages between banks, digital languages. I mean, Kevin, you probably know about that. Yep. You know. So anyhow, what's happening right now is what we what they think is happening is they are pretty much running it now and they're working the bugs out right now this is why you're seeing these accounts having issues and did you know that all the banks that are having problems with this stuff right now are actually uh on board and using uh fed now mm-hmm. okay the, the banks that are having problems they they have fed now in their system now okay and they're the ones having problems all right so that goes to show you that these cbdc's the mark of the beast currency if that's if that's going to be it all right, it's already making its way through our system now. All right, so if that's in that position there, and then you have Israel talking about, well, we're going to blow the crap out of Damascus, <laughs> you know, and, and Israel will do that because, you know, they're being, I mean, they're at that point, they, they don't want to do the Samson option, right? They don't want to yeah. do that. Okay, so what would be an option for them before they do the Samson option? Well, it's like, well, if we're going, if we are going to do the Samson option, it might be a good idea to blow up everybody else's military reserves before we do the Samson option. Right. You know, that way we can try to, you know, limit the amount of firepower coming at us. You know, and underneath Damascus, isn't that where they have a big nuclear cash reserve stockpile? Mm. Stockpiles yeah. there. Yeah, I mean, you blow that up. And the mm-hmm. whole city goes. I mean, we saw what what was it in Beirut, right? We saw that yeah. happen. Like, what was it a couple mm-hmm. of years ago, where like, you know, bomb went off there? But was it a bomb or was it like somebody it, setting off a whole bunch of explosives that so buried there? But the Beirut thing, from what I've gathered from it, this is what sounds outlandish to me, though, was yeah. that it was supposedly a fertilizer plant or factory. Yeah, that, that exploded. Which to me, when you see Which that, was full of bombs. Yeah, it's like okay, I understand that fertilizer can be used to construct weapons, but however, this looked like a small tactical or nuclear weapon that went it off. I'm not something. sure. If, yeah, if anyone's ever seen it, it's all over YouTube. You can there's plenty of footage now, different camera angles when that that explosion happened in Beirut. But that that shock wave, man, oh. that was, it was unreal. Like miles away. Yeah. It looked like a spear. But a think spear about of... what Bob just said, which yeah, exactly. Like yeah. a big it looked like a like one like the Death Star blew up, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah, it like, was crazy. So not yeah. the original one, the, the, the remastered one with that had those <laughs> And think you know, of think about uh Bob, you're talking about a scale much bigger than that in Damascus. Oh yeah, much think bigger. Of, think about what's happening now. Have you guys seen all the um all the supposed of domestic um domestic uh disturbances happening around all the nuclear plants. Some guy drove his car into a nuclear plant, drove past all the guards, tried to crash into a building and stuff like yes. that's happening now. Yes. I was like, who does that? What kind of, I mean, that's like, obviously those are actual attacks happening. They're trying to sure. cover it up. Yeah. You know, but those are actual attacks now. They're trying to 
attack our you know our grid now mm-hmm. okay and uh yeah it's pretty pretty messed up time that we're in right now and the fact that you know everything going on with israel you know it's uh another build-up for this weekend another build up. D- damascus it's- is like is like right there on the edge of getting destroyed. I mean, it, it, it it's never been closer to being destroyed than it is right right now. Let's yeah. be honest. I mean, you've got all the players that Ezekiel talks about already on yeah. the north. Oh yeah. So I mean, it's already set up for that. Whenever that occurs, whenever the hook in the jaw occurs. But I mean, I think all of us believe prior to that, Damascus yeah. is going to get destroyed. And it could be part of the catalyst that that uh, you know causes Israel to basically you know grow and prosper in some ways, so that uh, those other countries will come in and, and try to take the spoil. Mm-hmm. I mean, there, you got to consider also Jeremiah forty nine as well. Um, you know, with Iran, uh, you know, getting their nuke plant. But they have a ton of them down in the southern western part of the of the country, having those things destroyed will absolutely decimate that country in some respects. So maybe that's part of Ezekiel 38, you know, who knows? But I mean, but Bob, I mean, the fact that Damascus is like just already pretty ruinous as it is, but people, many people still live there. It's still inhabited, but it's pretty ruinous. And the fact that Israel continues to threaten to level that city, I mean, not just like we're going to bomb you. I mean, this last time they said, we are going to level you. We are yeah. going to cause a, you basically a ruinous heap. They're basically speaking directly from Isaiah 17. Yeah, which is wild. Are you guys ready for questions yet? Yeah, no, I'm, going through questions. I'm going through the questions right now. Um, while I'm doing it, I just had a thought um, real fast. Israel, they're going to be by themselves soon. Okay. Yeah. Uh, we're spreading ourselves then. When Israel's by themselves, God's going to step in. I believe it's going to be the rapture resurrection event that actually saves them. Me personally, that's what I think is going to happen. But uh, did you guys know that you know every rocket that comes out of Gaza or even from Hezbollah, they spend about five hundred dollars maybe per rocket when they make these things. But but you know how much each rocket that has to intercept every one of those rockets costs Israel fifty thousand dollars. Yeah, per mm-hmm. rocket that intercepts. Mm-hmm. That yes. rocket coming from humanity, you know, that's expensive. You know, eventually they're going to run out of money. Well, that's why they want that arrow system, right? Because that yeah. arrow system is the one with the the lasers, space lasers, and and, mm-hmm. and and they shoot them, shoot shoot the rocket. But that's a lot less expensive because it runs on electricity. It's less expensive than fifty thousand a month. Yeah, a, a, sure. A month. Yeah, but I didn't. <laughs> I just happened to see something in the news about them already having deployed the arrow system and having used it to shoot down multiple they, ordinances from Qatar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's exciting. Yeah, they did. Yeah, I heard that too. Yeah. Here's a one from Caesar. Does this war in Israel lead to the rapture? I think it will. Absolutely. They are. Um, Israel's biting off more than they can chew. They're eventually going to run out of money. They're going to run out of weapons. Okay, it, and uh, that's why America's there. There's uh, there are countries that are back in Israel, but they're backing them like way back. You know, like, hey, we're cool. <laughs> you know, we're the only one that's out there actually fighting on Israel's behalf is the United States right now. That was a good effect, Bob. When you moved yeah, back, yeah, I got your back way, <laughs> way, way. <laughs> but, uh, you know, 
listen, it was like 17 years ago is when uh, Israel and Hezbollah fought. And I thought at that time that, wait a minute, this is looking like this could lead up to the rapture too. But the fact that it didn't happen then, it just goes to show like what has happened since 2006. I mean, the whole world has changed in a lot of respects. So this, the world's not in the same place as it was when there was a 34 day war in 2006. So my answer to this question is it's certainly a lot more likely now to lead directly to the rapture than it obviously was in 2006. Right. Exactly. Here's a going here. It says, why do you bring politics into this? Jesus did not teach that. You know, um, the reason why we bring politics into this is because it's what we're watching. Cause they, the politics is actually what's surging this war forward. So you have mm-hmm. to watch what the governments are doing because we can't see where the, we can't see where the rapture resurrection is the finite moment in time. All right. We can't see it, but we can see the day approaching by watching what the governments are doing are all around the world. That's what I do. It's like, no. are they positioning for the mark of the beast? Yep. Are they positioning for war? Yep. I think, are they positioning for mass uh, global chaos? Yep. You know, yep. that's that's why I watch these guys. Well, well and Jesus did on. say there will be wars and rumors of wars, which is highly politically driven. Most I mean, of the if time you're, right. I mean, if, if you're going to mention any leader or any uh, country in the in the world, then you're bringing politics into it. I don't think so. And actually, Jesus did bring politics into things. He said, give to Caesar yep. what is Caesar's and give yep. to God what is God's. So he yeah. he did he brought it front and center actually. So I, I and you know what I also don't think that we really spoke about politics that much today at all. Really politics we really didn't speak about politics. We we spoke about world events, but we didn't really talk about politics. If we want to talk about politics, we can talk about politics, and we have done so before. But today, we really didn't. So it's interesting that the question came up in today in one of the lighter times for politics. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but look, the point is that we're watching, you know, we're watching everything. We're, we're very up to date and up to speed on a lot of different things. And that includes politics. It's part of our lives, whether we like it or not. And most of us don't like it. But it yeah. is part of every one of our lives, and it does affect every one of our lives. Yeah. But the key is don't be conformed to it. Don't yes. be conformed to that stuff. You can absolutely talk about it. You can absolutely, um, you know, educate yourself on it, watch, but don't partake in that. Yeah. That's the key. Yeah, don't partake with them. We're ambassadors of Christ, right? So this isn't, this isn't our home. We just kind of observe and watch the, the, the narrative that the politics that's going on around us. But the oh. interesting thing that I, that comes to mind is the elections are coming up soon, which I can hardly believe <laughs> that we've made it this far to get this close to the elections. Barely. And we know that's crazy. That things are going to get crazy less than and, a year. Yeah. Things are going to get crazy around here in America, at least if we're still here, yeah, it's, if we're still it's going here. to be interesting viewing. Uh, let's put it th- that way over yeah. the next year. Um, there's not going to be a, a dull moment. Let's, so <laughs> yeah, especially for that guy. I mean, it's, <laughs> I mean, even yesterday he's on the stand. So I, uh, you know, you consider what we have to watch. It's not a boring time to be alive, but the key is don't, morass your don't get into the morass don't put mm. yourself down into the pit of the world 
and, and say, oh, my gosh, my life is horrible. Oh, it's lost, this and that. No, we have our blessed hope, you see. Yeah. We have a blessed hope. So yeah. we're, we're, we're going to be fine. I, yeah, I, I just. Yeah. And yeah. the, uh, the politics, I was watching a Newsmax, and uh, I think his name is Carl, and he was just venting, it seemed, on, on Newsmax on this segment. And I went through the comment sections, and guys, it was really sad. And this is what politics definitely brings to the table in a bad, negative way, because mm-hmm. I can't tell you how many people in the comment section was like, Oh Lord Jesus this is why we need Trump back in to fix mm. this to fix mm. this and it was just one comment after another like Trump we need you like I, I was like that's guys there's only I'm... one savior that's Jesus right. Christ it is not a man a man is not going to fix this crazy train no the Trump right. saves America is is uh, no Jesus saves people individually <laughs> okay yeah you gotta so, watch that whole uh, return of Trump because. You know, he said a few things that were out that made me raise my eyebrows. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I mean he, he he's real loose about executing a lot of people. Yeah. So you get your you get that norm in there that you get executed just because you know the Bible talks about uh people are gonna be killed off because they refuse to take the mark of the beast. Right. So he if he gets in and all of a sudden uh you just start executing people just because they disagree and they do this to do that. And it just grows and grows, basically, basically getting your foot in the door in each thing. And it's just to get to the point where, you know, then you start ex- executing anybody that refuses the mark, you know. Yeah. And yeah. that can happen exactly here because both. Trump got back in. Who knows? Yeah. You yeah. know, yeah, You're definitely exactly can't right. put any faith in that guy. Well, yeah. look, there's all kinds of rampant speculation that you can do about politics because it is it's unlike any time ever before in the United States, for sure. And I And I know that in Canada... John, you guys are are are, in a, are not in a really good spot up there. You know, we're in what? between. <laughs> yes, what indeed? Yeah, yeah. Anything that could go wrong will go wrong up here because you guys are down there, and if ever something happened up north, and right now, the north is a free fall. Everybody goes there with kind of ships. Especially now with the ice not melt and not staying ice and melting, you can almost drive through there eleven months a year. Wow! wow. So we're, we're well, not plant, everybody's planting their flag on the North Pole. So <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's like yeah. this is my place. And it's like no, 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 this is my place, and it's just it. I mean, but the whole world's gonna just the peace is gonna be taken from the whole Earth. So when it says the whole Earth. It means the polls as well. <laughs> it's not oh, just well, in certain countries. Wild West has a good question here. It deals with the rapture resurrection. It says, I've been getting a lot of dreams of the Lord's return. Oh, praise the Lord. I dreamed earlier this week that we were just doing our daily duties when we disappeared. What does that mean? Well, we got raptured. That's what it means. <laughs> but basically, it's going, for some people, it's going to be it's going to be like it's a global event. That's why for my for my ministry, I see people that are just in a, a normal day and then it t- it just happens. There's people who are hiding from hiding from, say, for example, terrorists. They're hiding from somebody and they get taken or they're being chased. They get taken or they're in the midst of war. They're standing outside watching missiles fly over there and they get taken, you know, in the midst of an explosion. They get taken. So everybody's going to have a different rapture story. 
when right. you get raptured. That's what all. That's what's going to be awesome when we get up there. Is everybody's yeah. going to have their own story? It's like where were you when nine eleven took place? You know, where where were you? You you would have a story of what transpired within the first half hour of what happened. So I think that's uh the fact that well, it looks like for you, Wild West, that uh in your dream you're not going to be running for your life. I kind of like that, buddy. Hopefully not. It'll be nice and peaceful for you. Yeah, this story is not a bad one. If you're going to choose a story, a rapture story, you're just like hanging out, doing your regular thing, and all of a sudden, next thing you know, you're up. There it is. You know, um, huh. I was just, uh, the Lord gave me this download today. It's like when the resurrection takes place, and this was in my morning worship, you know, is when the resurrection takes place, we will hear them coming. And it's not in the Bible. I get it. But where when, they, when they're coming, when the saints of the Lord, when they're coming to the earth to reunite with their bodies, they're going to be singing. All right. And, they're, and, and, and it says not in the Bible, but that's the download I receive. And I, I, I don't think that sounds too far fetched no. because the saints, when they're coming down, they're singing. And we're going, I'm going to be sitting there. We're all going to be sitting there like, I hear this singing everywhere. And that's what I that's what I saw in the vision. I was like walk around the house. I was just like the radio's not on. Where's this music coming from? There's nobody driving by with Christian music on. There's music's everywhere. Wow. Where is it coming from? And it's getting louder and louder and louder and louder. I was like, where is it coming from? Is there like something going on across town? I'm like, where is it coming from? And it's just the saints descending upon the earth at the resurrection. So another yeah, thing to look for, awesome. I think that'd be pretty cool. That would you start be. hearing music. Start. I don't know. If, I don't know what song that. I don't know what song it was, but it's just you know. It's so cool. Song, you, yeah, it's so cool. You said that because um, I know this is totally random, but I told Bob. Um, I talked to him this past Sunday, Bob Hagen, and I was like, you know, I had a dream that me and you were singing. <laughs> I I don't know what we were singing, but it was a joyous song. And I remember looking at him and he was smiling ear to ear and I was smiling oh, ear to ear and I just woke up. But I thought that was really strange that you mentioned that. I was like, wow, mm. that's, that's interesting. I mean, with Greg and, uh, and Hagen, we'll have, we could have a six part harmony going. I mean, that's oh. a, you know, for a little uptime, nice. uh, uptime, yeah. uptime sextet is what it would be. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That'd be awesome. Thank you, you Greg, the- for that. Yeah, I'm here all week. <laughs> you don't have to put on bump. You know, you gotta have that too. Yeah, Stevie said, What makes us different from the first Christians? Why were they tortured and not and not us? What do you mean we're not being tortured? There's plenty of us being tortured and killed. Just because we make up six percent of the world's population living in an area of peace right now, at least for now, doesn't mean Christians are not being tortured and yeah. killed. Yeah, we are. Yeah. Okay. We are different, though. There is, I mean, John, I can encourage you to read John 16, where Jesus does two prayers, one for his disciples and one for those who learn because of the disciples. And they are two separate prayers because with the disciples, he says, Lord, I want you to keep them here so that they can spread the gospel. But for those who learn about that and learn about the gospel, I want you to bring those people to me. It's two yep. different prayers. Yeah. So check that out. Well, there is there are two different things. But Bob, you're right. We still go through persecution and tribulation. If you're mm-hmm. not going through persecution and tribulation right now, 
means you're not working. <laughs> yeah. Means you're not working. Because yeah. as soon as you start working, that's when the enemy attacks and he sends yeah. out his minions to get and, you and they will yeah. absolutely try to try to destroy you all the way to the death. Yes, they, they do. And I, encur- oh. and I encourage you, um, whoever made that or that question, whoever you are, uh, there's a couple books. There's Tortured for Christ and then there is uh, the Fox's Book of Martyrs. Yes. It kind of that kind of yep. documents the continued persecution of the church. Right. And think about it too, it's like the attacks. Like you're thinking like, you know, people like taking you in some back room somewhere and hitting you with needle and burning your leg and stuff like that type of torture. Yeah, that torture is there for Christians happening right now. Yeah. But mm-hmm. the torture that we're enduring right now is actually a spiritual torture. Yeah. Okay, it's a I spiritual attack. Agree. Yeah. All right. Especially in the West. Oh, every day we see it and it just like hurts us, right? It just hurts our spirit to see what's going Amen. on. Yeah, that's why Kevin. I don't know about that. Dra- I don't know about the dragon guy. photo there either. The, the dragon, he's got a dragon. I don't know about that. I, I, I would prefer <laughs> the dragon. Just advice. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I, mean, yeah. I don't know if you want to be known as a dragon. I, I just, I'm not sure if that's the way to go. That's like someone with a wolf avatar or something, you know? Yeah, like, I don't know about it. Yeah, wolf is yeah. not really highly uh, thought of in the Bible. <laughs> yeah. It's the one that steals away the, the exactly. believers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Question here from Nevermind says, what religion would take over after the rapture that has a predilection for beheading people who opposes its sanctions rape and believes in their own messiah i know where that's going you know where he's leading yeah they're going for islam but you know what though islam is you know they're they're going to be a part of the the new beast system but the bible talks about the beast system that's coming it's like no one can make war with it right it's it's not going to be a man-based system it's going to be a nephilim-based system Mm. i'm sure these people are going to go lockstep with them i'm sure Okay, but look what's happening all around the world right now. One thing that people don't have faith in is in their governments. And what's governments consist of? Humans. And when these extraterrestrials come down here, they're going to say, hey, why don't you try our government? Okay, a non-human government. Okay, we run things differently. Okay, you can trust us. We're we're your creators. The, the, we're we're the, going to prevent we we stopped the nuclear war from happening. We saved you from that. Okay, yeah. now let us run your world. All you got to do is pledge allegiance to us by taking this little thing in your hand. Look, the heart. Antichrist is the son of perdition, right? Yes. In Islam, Allah has no son. Okay, that's one thing that's just right off the bat. He's going to declare himself as God. No Muslim is going to accept that. Okay, no Muslim is going to accept that. So. Listen, it is not a it's not a religion that we have today. It's not. It's a new religion that where you worship the beast, where you yep. worship the Antichrist. He's going to be there in person. Okay. The false prophet and him are going to be doing lying signs and wonders all over the place. That's not what's happening today in Islam. You don't see lying signs and wonders in Islam. Like what miracles do you see? you know, supposed miracles, basically fake uh, blasphemous miracles that Muslims are doing today. Bob, can you name one? What's that? Can you name one? Questions here. Oh, yeah, okay. I yeah. just asked you, well. can you name one <laughs> blasphemous lying signs and wonders that the Muslims are doing today? 
What what hmm. one sign or wonder that they're doing today? A lying sign or wonder that they're doing today. Are they doing lying signs and wonders? Muslims, no. They're no. just killing everybody. Exactly. Yeah. So listen, it, th- this beast system is not like anything now. And Bob already talked about it last week and the week before how the Isla- Islam days are numbered. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But like uh, Brother Bob, you said that you, they'll, they'll fall lockstep, right? Um, these these That type of religion, I believe, is just kind of like how we have uh, mental conditioning. You know, they're just conditioning the people to accept something even crazier. Yeah, you got to think that somebody who's who's a Muslim right now probably has a more difficult chance than, say, like my buddy who grew up in the Catholic mm-hmm. Church and doesn't believe. Somebody who's a practicing Muslim right now is probably going to have a much tougher road. But fastest growing church right now in the whole world is the one in Iran. So, but after yeah. the rapture, they might want to t- take over. What's They're going to try I said after the rapture, they might want to take over. Yeah, but Gog Magog war in Ezekiel pretty much shuts that down whenever that happens. That's right. So there's not, I mean, there's not going to be a lot left of their armies. And also, all those countries that we're talking about before in those prophecies about Gaza, about mm-hmm. Lebanon, about Syria, Damascus, Elam, which is southern Iran, uh, the um, the Ezekiel 38, 39, the majority of those countries that are basically all either destroyed or wiped to almost oblivion are all Muslim countries. Mm-hmm. That's right. First, that's a good question here, Kelly. Why are we talking about Trump and the 2024 election? Do you think we'll still be here then? You know, I don't think so, but I don't think there's even going to be an election because I believe uh, what they're going, what they're doing right now, with all the, with with, with the ha- all the open borders everywhere, and all the chaos that's happening here now, I think this is their final, this is their fi- the final thing they're going to do to keep Trump from, be, you know, coming into office next year, you know, but uh, I don't think we're going to have an election next year. Well, can I just can I just bring this up too, Bob? Would it be better to not? talk about any of it or think about any of it or discuss any of it and then actually have it happen. And you're just caught unaware. I'm, yeah, I, you know, I'm sorry, but that's not no, the way right. that I live my life. I actually watch and look at everything and, 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 and have all kinds of, of, of things that are, that are on my mind. Uh, certainly we don't want to be here. Certainly we're not conforming to this world. Absolutely. But at the same time, if you don't watch what your enemy's doing, then you can be caught unaware. You can get yeah. sidetracked. You can get all kinds of things by these things. But certainly I would think it's a possibility that if you're saying that, if listen, in your mind right now, and I'm talking to anybody watching this, if your mind right now is that the rapture must be this week, the rapture has to be today, the rapture has to be on 11-11, I'm telling you, that is not the right attitude to have. You simply yeah. are going to be disappointed when that does not happen. You cannot say that it must happen. You are not God, okay? You don't know that it has to happen. You want it to happen, but that doesn't mean that it must happen. If you're saying, Bob, that you think that there's not going to be an election next year, that's 
absolutely a fine thing to think, and it's probably a, a much greater possibility than it actually happening, <laughs> than actually having an election. But if you say, I know for a fact that it will not happen next year, now all of a sudden you've reached into the realm of God because now you've predicted the future and now you've set the future in your mind of what it must be. You've yeah. got to be really careful about that. Do not go to that area. Everything that we do in this world about the future, except for what is written in the Bible that we know that's going to happen, is all a guess. And, yes, is a, yes. and sometimes guesses are more educated than others, right, Bob? I yeah. mean, if you look at the, the surroundings, you look at the climate. You yeah, look form at, a hypothesis. Yeah, you can form a, a decent hypothesis, and some things will come to pass, and some things may not. But it, but I tell you this: if you say that it has to be this certain way, then all of a sudden you've elevated yourself to the Creator, and that's a dangerous Amen. place to go. Yeah, Amen. it is. Amen. We can make assumption, not assumption. Sorry, we can make a speech about all this, but when you say "Thus said the Lord," you're in trouble. There are okay. I know there's people in chat right now saying, you didn't say that, you don't say that. I'm not necessarily talking exactly about that. I'm yeah. saying that there are people out there, though, yes. that have absolutely posted in the comments on Uptime and on Bob's channel and say that the rapture must happen on this day. Or mm. I know for a fact that it, there will not be um, a, an election next year. Not that I don't think that there will be. I know there will not be. That's a different mm -hmm. thing. And I'm talking to yeah. those people right now. I'm not talking to you if you if you didn't do that. Okay. Mm. I, people a lot sometimes take things really personally, yeah. but you got you know. I'm talking to a very wide audience here, which includes people that rightly divide and people that don't rightly divide. People that exactly. say the rapture must happen on 11/11, and other people that say I think it's going to happen on 11/11. Exactly. I'm and saying, Kevin's just trying to exhort and edify at yeah, a love. Be in the second to love them. Yeah. Be in the second box. Don't put yourself yeah. or God into a box. Yes. Because yeah. I'm telling That's you, there good. are many people out there that will do that. And then they'll be like, Bob, you said that the rapture was going to happen mm. on this day. And it's like, no, Bob never said that it was going no. to happen on that day. That's what happened in your mind that you translated that into your mind and you believed that it was going to happen that day. You convinced yourself that it was going to happen that day. And when it didn't happen that day, you lashed at brother, brother, back at Brother Bob. That's not the yeah, way to even, go. I put out a video I was talking about um, this past week. I was talking about Philip Barnett's uh, vision about the nuclear war, 11-11. <clears throat> he said it was on November 11th. Okay, great. But he didn't say what year. He didn't mention yeah, one year. Right. So it doesn't mean it's going to be this year. I mean, it sure looks like it to me, but I think a lot of people think it's going to be 2026. That doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Everybody's, everybody's guessing. I don't know. They, you know everybody's yeah. guessing. But the one thing that you cannot do, no man can set a date. Yeah. People are saying date setters are the worst. There's no such thing as a date setter. Actually, there is such a thing. His name is God. He set the date in eternity past. It's an appointed yep, date. Certainly. Man cannot set a date. Man can only guess. So when you look at any watcher out there that says, I think this date's probably a good date for the rapture, that is a guess. Okay? Mm -hmm. I've got all this information to back it up. i got charts, graphs, astronomical signs, this and all this other thing. Great. But it's ultimately still a guess. They cannot set the date. They are not God. That's right. Right. And this question here from Jeff. 
Uh, speaking of dates, it says, my question is, has this happened yet? The voice that tells the angel with the trumpet to release the four angels who had bound, who've been bound at the river Euphrates. This hasn't happened yet. This is actually part of the seven trumpet nope. judgments. Uh, that's actually laid out in uh, Revelation chapter 9, yeah, verse 15, 16. Way down uh, the road. In, uh, somewhere. Yeah. Oh, yeah, 14. Saying, saying to the sixth angel, it says, And the sixth angel sounded, and I heard a voice from the four horns of the golden altar, which is before God, saying to the sixth angel, which had the trumpet, Loose the four angels, which are bound in the great river Euphrates. So we'll be standing before the throne of God when that voice is carried down to the earth. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So that's uh, if you rightly divide the word, you'll figure that out. <laughs> As the great you know. Chuck Missler says, we'll be watching from the mezzanine. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. Uh, but I, <laughs> if I were to make a guess, Bob, that is in the second half of the tribulation after the midpoint yes. down that's the road. Right. Maybe even with let like, who knows how long? But probably not much longer to go. Maybe maybe a couple of years into it, uh, into the second half, or maybe a year into it. If I'm going to make a guess, mm-hmm. but if I'm going to just make a general guess, it's in. The, well, number one, we know it's in the tribulation. We already know mm-hmm. that for a fact because the Bible says that these judgments happen during Daniel's seventieth week. We also know that it's most likely going to happen after the midpoint. Right. So, plus, plus on top of that, done after uh, Revelation four, yeah, certainly, well, certainly angels, way after that, yes. And when these angels are released, they slay a third part of mankind, right? Okay, you're talking about eight billion of us here. That would mean around two point five or two point seven billion of us would have to be killed off right now. And the, with, that, that does not sound good. No, it doesn't, Sid. That's no, about no. dying in a very short period of time within about a year. You know, you know what's okay. interesting, Bob? I think we, we you just proved that children are going to be raptured because yes, God's going God's going to have these these angels uh, smite all the children in, the, in, in during the tribulation. Don't think so. What if there are no children there, right, to smite? Mm-hmm. I mean, what if like the only children that are there are the ones that were born during that period of time? Because Jesus does say that woe to the woe to the woman who's pregnant or has a small okay. child. Right. Small child, a very small child. So that child was probably born within the first half of the tribulation when the midpoint came up. Mm-hmm. You see. So look, at if the if the third of the mankind's going to get uh, you know smitten by these uh, these angels, I can't imagine that those are going to be any any children involved in that. They're not going to be there. Right. That th- those those Euphrates angels are actually carrying out the wrath of God. That's what that's what they are. That they've been. Absolutely. They have. The Bible says that they're set there. They have been. They have been bound there to a certain day, hour, minute. You know, that's that's their spot, because they are released during the seven trumpet judgments. Which the seven trumpet judgments is God's wrath that carries out the three and a half years after the first three and a half years. And people cracked me up to all oh, the tribulations only three and a half years. I was like, hold on a second. How can that be when, when the there's altar? A the altar fills up with the people who die during the first three and a half years. They say, Lord, you know, avenge our blood of those who dwell on the earth. I can't do that till this number is complete. Then I will, then I will avenge you. I will pour out my wrath. I will avenge your blood. When does God pour out his wrath? The second three and a half years. So for the first three and a half years, everybody's dying and being placed underneath that altar. 
Well, here's the other thing. Chapter 6, 9. Daniel 9, 27 talks about a covenant with many for one week, right? Daniel's 70th week. And it says in the middle of the week. Okay. So there's three and a half years. So if it's three and a half years in the middle and the, the tribulation's only three and a half years, where'd the other three and a half go? This is in the middle. It is in the middle. So he doesn't come onto the, you know, onto the scene and proclaim himself as God day one. He says, in the middle of the week, in the midst of the week, Jesus also says, when you see that happen, you need to flee. And Revelation 12, 6 and onward talk about how they're protected in the wilderness for 1,260 days. Okay, that's three and a half prophetic years. So after he proclaims himself as God, they are protected for 1,206 days. That's three and a half years after the middle. So if it's three and a half years after the middle, what's before the middle? It's math. Mm-hmm. Three and a half years. There's <laughs> <laughs> a good question here. I saw right here. What is the half hour of silence in the heavens, and when is that? Well, that is when it opens the seventh seal. And that's the midpoint because it's a transition. What what happens to the sixth seal is earthquakes, sun turned dark. I mean, it's horrible. The sixth seal is the big bad one, and then it's quiet. It's like you know that, but that but that's the intermission right in between. And you know, if you go to uh, Revelation chapter twelve, verse sixteen, and uh, no, when um, started thirteen. It says right there, and when the dragon saw that his that he was cast down to the earth, he persecuted the woman which brought forth the man child. Okay, and I think that's not the verse I wanted. Um, where was? Well, why are you looking and, for it, Bob? Let, let, let me bring up something. Go ahead. Well, I'm, I'm thinking like all of us in heaven, right, around the throne room, we're watching from the mezzanine, right. The Antichrist goes into the temple, defiles it, and proclaims himself as God. Who's going to be talking during that? Are you going to be talking to me, Michael? What, are you going to be like? No. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, can you imagine silence uh... for a half an hour? Like watching it happen. Like everybody in heaven is just like seeing it go down. That right. could be the silence in heaven for yeah. a half an hour. Like the actual thing of us watching it. And like, I don't, I can't imagine, like I talk a lot. But I can't imagine actually talking during that period of time. I, <laughs> oh, I, oh my gosh, he actually did it. He, what is yeah. it? I've always file it. Oh my gosh, that's how he does it. He proclaims himself as God. Then the image is set up, and, and you're just like, oh, I can't believe this stuff's happening. Yeah. But you can believe it. You're seeing it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's like as soon as they set that image up, you're like, ooh, yeah. you know, everyone's like, yeah. it's like quiet. Yeah. We're like speechless. Oh, like, what's God going to say about we that? All look at, we all look at God. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, awesome. you know, I'm thinking to myself too, like three and a half years in. Um, I think the point I wanted to make, I was actually thinking about something else looking for this verse. Actually, the verse well, wasn't actually a verse I was looking for. It was a um I was thinking about a different point. Actually, the three and a half years, I had a I had a speculation why there's a there's a there's a quite there's a half hour of silence. It's because at the end of the three and a half year, this one I believe World War Three comes to an end. Mm. at the mid-trip point world war three comes to an end and then they say peace and safety and then sudden destruction well right. sudden destruction it's going to happen again boom 
God's wrath. So they're going to have sudden destruction. They're going to say peace and safety because World War III is over. I mean, that's and, when the war in heaven is over as well, right? Because, yeah. I mean, Satan gets kicked down to earth. He knows he has such a just a little time left. And yeah. uh, woe to those who are on the earth. That's basically when it's, it, those angels say that. They they say, woe, yeah. woe, woe. You know, three woes. Mm-hmm. That's and right. God's not too happy that his, his temple just got defiled, right? I mean, he's not happy about that. So the wrath really gets poured out at that point. I mean, trumpet judgments, bowl judgments, because you even get worse and worse and worse as they go. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah, so that's probably what it is. You know, we all might be wrong, but I think that yeah. was a pretty good uh, speculation for it, though. Yeah, because yeah, does, it doesn't say what the silence is. It just says there is silence. So we can speculate all we want just based off of, like, our thoughts and trying to put them together with Bible prophecy of what's happening during that period of time. Yeah. So, again, these are these are really guesses. So a lot of questions that we get aren't just black and white. They, they, they aren't yeah. like, what does it take to be saved? You know, that that's an easy question. That's yeah. right straight out of the Bible. But like yeah. somebody's like, hey, do you think that when this happens, this is going to happen? And it's like, you know, at that point, we're just speculating. The yeah. silence, I think it's going to be a mark of respect for something. That's mm-hmm. what I think. It's just, you know, when when you silence, you listen to someone, you listen to something, something is happening. I think it's going to pause I mean, maybe all the angels are like getting their trumpets and stuff and they're all getting yeah. set up to do the judgments. Maybe the bowls are starting to get and we're just like watching it all happen. And yeah, yeah who knows? And you know, that's what's going to be yeah. cool is because those of us who study the Bible said those those who study this are going to be so blessed. Yeah. OK. Is it mm-hmm. the fact that we get up there as like I read the book of Revelation quite a bit. So now this thing's playing out, and a guy next to me, like, well, I didn't read it. So what's going on here? Yeah, I'm, what's next? What's yeah, next? I'm, I'm like, ooh, 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 ooh. You know, and this guy's you like, because oh, I like, read the book. You're like That's a third of the green, you're like a third of the grass gets gets burned up. Check this out. You know? I read the book. Oh, I wanted to see it happening now. It's like a great Man. mountain's going to be thrown down. It's going to burn up, and and he's like, really? That's going to happen? Yeah, here it comes. Watch. Hey, that's perfect. That's perfect. Here's a question from I don't know how to say his word, say his name, but it says here. Oh, my name is Oliver. I was looking at the top right, left hand corner. <laughs> yeah, spoiler alert, Bob. That's what In order to have saying. a nuclear war, just by the number of potential casualties, would the angels and Euphrates be released first? Would you be able to see them coming out? Well, first of all, we just talked about the the they're the released during the seven seals. The right. uh the nuclear war happens during the red horse of war. The, the mm-hmm. that would be the, the third seal. Second or yeah, uh, no, the second seal. Yeah. All right. So that's in the first three and a half years. That's of World War Three coming to an end. Right. Okay. You know, the whole seven year tribulation is just a whole seven years of turmoil. Okay, it's one turmoil to next turmoil to next turmoil. And I think they had that little section right there with, it, with all this turmoil from World War Three and everything that came with it came to an end. They got that little space of silence for about half an hour. It's all you get. And then, boom, it's like oh, you're right off the worse. races again. You yeah. know? So Yeah, yeah maybe I it's just a little breather, you know? It's like, like a, ha- a halftime. <laughs> it's like a little, yeah, a little halftime yeah, break. Half-time. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's why. Well, it. I mean, look, that's that's when we all that's when most of us believe that the witnesses 
are actually going to be killed as well. And, um, and that their bodies are going to be in the streets for three and a half days and that they're going to be resurrected and ascend into heaven. There are some people believe that they're, they, they do that in the second half of the tribulation. We actually had somebody on here before Lee Brainerd who believes that personally, he didn't convince me of that. So I'm still of the, the mind yeah. that the witnesses happen in the beginning of the, the first three and a half years. Yeah. Same. Yeah, I'm, I'm not seeing, I'm seeing the, certain, the uh, I'm seeing, I'm seeing some, uh, YouTube evangelists right now that people I've been following for a while. I like, man, this, I lost respect for this guy. And he's like, so when do you think Jesus is going to return or the rapture is going to take place? Uh, you know, probably 2033 for the rapture. I'm like, man, how can you have such a huge ministry and think that, <laughs> you know, yeah. are you watching? Well, at least on? he didn't say, at least he didn't say 20 or 30 years from now. Cause that's like, like, yeah. If you ask people, they're like, when's Jesus returning? Oh, you know, 30, 40, 20, 30, 40 years from now. Why? Yeah. Definitely not in my <laughs> yeah. lifetime, you know? That's I don't know. Always, you know. I, I think I've noticed the same thing, though. I, I've noticed that as we progressed further into 2023, that I've seen a lot of strangeness <laughs> and a lot of channels out there occurring yeah. and, and viewpoints and completely radical changes on on previous hell notions and i'm like whoa but what that's is what going the Bible on says is going to happen it says that the people are going to think the lord is tearing and so they're going to go out and they're going to be with the drunkards they're going to go up and beat up their fellow brethren that's yeah. exactly i think what we're really starting to see is that I people agree. are getting impatient and so then yeah. they're turning their wrath onto other people who actually have the blessed hope still and those people have lost their blessed hope and so they're lashing out at us yeah, mm-hmm. you know that totally that's agree. what happened to me because once all the feast days were done, everything was done, and I was like, I got to this point where I had to step back from his work. I was like, what is going on here? And then this whole thing started coming over me. And I'll be honest, I'm like, this thing, the rapture resurrection. I guess we're I guess we're waiting till next year, feast of wine, um, the feast days next year, and I'm thinking maybe. And it's the whole thing started to come upon me where I was like, man, we might even have two or three or four more years, you know? And this was like before Israel and everything took place, you know? Yeah. So I was like, but the thing is, so I've never felt that way before. It was always banned. We're like next month, next mm-hmm. week, you know, it's, it's, it's here. Uh, you will never hear me say it's three or four or five years from now. You'll never mm-hmm. hear me say that. But that came over me. And then I was like, what is going on? I was, I fought that for like two or three weeks. Okay. Yeah. And Lord showed me, it's like, hey, you notice what's going on? I was like, what? I was like, well, this you're you're you you are beginning to accept that idea like Kevin was talking about, you know, and I was like, Do you realize that's an attack from the enemy? Because yep. now it's about to happen and you're letting your guard down. You're you're that guy, you're Charlie Brown getting ready to kick that football. Lucy holding the football and she keeps pulling it away, pulling away. You keep landing on your back, but now the enemy knows this is the time Lucy's not going to pull that ball away, and yep. they're trying to discourage you from running and kicking it. This exactly. is, time. you know, what I'm saying you guys get what I'm saying. Yeah, oh, I absolutely get it. it. And me, I think a lot of people, if they were honest, here. would feel the same it way. Came, the Lord said, "I gave you, I gave you a spirit. I, I didn't give you a spirit of fear. Oh. Love the sound mind. This Amen. came at me through a spirit of fear." discouragement all negative it was all negative coming on me and i was like this can't be from the lord and the exactly. lord's like, it's happening now because it's about to happen 
Yeah. That's why it's happening. Yeah. Now. I think that's a good mindset to be in because look, you have to be ready. You have to be ready because yes. we just don't know. We don't know. So we, you have to be ready. But you also, like I said before, can't can't put all your marbles into a, a date that's next week and say, no. I'm going to I'm, I'm just going to give up if it doesn't happen, because I'm telling you, some of these people have done that. OK, yeah, they yep. basically said done before. this is the date. I watched this person or whatever, and this is yep. the date and when it didn't happen. They were just like, if it's not a preacher rapture. It's like, wait a minute. God didn't yeah. change his mind. You just all of a sudden went through this crazy machination to to make yeah. up your own doctrine. And now you're saying now you're making up another doctrine saying there's no preacher rapture when yes, actually right. nothing is yeah. absolutely changed. The only thing that's changed is what's going on in your crazy mind. Yeah. And I think it's sad because I think a lot of people who do that, who hinge so hard upon someone's word or what they're saying or speculating mm -hmm. on it's because some a lot of times in their personal life there's something that's really wrong yes. like you know they're they're maybe they're behind on their rent or they lost their job or they have a loved one with a sickness and so i understand that that mechanic involved with them wanting for it to be that day but to be in a constant state of readiness is always the best way. And that's how the military can, does it. Can, you, you, exactly. Constant, and I can tell you this, though, Michael, is that if you're, if you're just looking forward to being with the Lord, then you're, if a day passes, you're going to be yeah, fine. Exactly. Okay? You're going to be exactly. fine because you Amen. know that it's going to happen eventually yeah. when it's the yeah. perfect time when God in that day that was appointed by God when that happens. If you just say, I just can't wait to be with everybody in the air and with the meet the Lord and be with him Amen. forever, then that's the right place to be exactly. because you're ready for it every single day. Every and if each single day, day passes, then you're still okay because you yeah. know that it's going to happen. Yeah, because that's our that's your hope. That's the blessed hope that we have yeah. to be with each other and be with the Lord. And that's something that you can have every single day. And I wholeheartedly agree with you because you can't, circumstances can let you down but you waiting on the lord it, he'll never let you down you can't tie it into the care of cares of this world exactly right. and i think you that's see? the the problem that happens a lot of the times and i get yes. it i'm a human being i get that but you're totally correct that the mindset cannot be rooted into the problems of this world or the cares of this world i think we you have to continually that, keep our mind upon the lord I think you were thinking about that is that you were just like, you, you kind of brought the world into it. And you're like being here for another three more years, man, that's, that's, that's just the worst, you know, yeah. and, and, you know, so, then, so you start considering the world rather than keeping your eyes on the blessed hope. And once you did that and Bob, I knew that you went through that because I had to feel the comments about people saying, wait a minute, Bob, you're saying we have three more years to go. And I got a comment on that and say, Bob's not. Oh, yeah, I know. I said that. And I was like, and it came out of me, but I came out of me because of anger. Yeah, but yeah. I was like, but well, then I'll talk with John Boucher and yeah. he was reminding me a lot of things. And especially like, okay, you got you got a, the fact you got a focus on 2030 and everything is pointing at 2030. Okay. Uh, you just had the, one of the founders of Google say that they will achieve immortality by the year, guess what, 2030. 20, okay, 20. so there's a lot riding for 2030. You know, Satan was there when Jesus was crucified on the yeah. cross. He knows that he will return after two days, okay, 2,000 years. He know, He understands all that. 
So he's like, this is why you have Agenda 2030, not 2033. Right. Okay. He understands all that. Okay. So with that being said, just from that logic alone, we're seven years out from this whole thing. Okay. Now I, I heard that in order for this whole thing to work, this is based on like what John Boucher was showing me and some other people is November 14th, 15th, something like that, right around there this month, you have 2,520 days for the tribulation and for Jesus to return at the feast of trumpets in 2030, uh, basically, he got from the Feast of Trumpets to the Day of Atonement, but it would make more sense for him to return at Trumpets. Um, from uh, November 13th or 14th of this month, that'll be 2,520 days till the Feast of Trumpets in 2030. So, mm-hmm. that's, uh, unless those days, the only thing I could think well, of is these, these days are shortened. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. That's once again, that, that, that is like, that's a great theory, but there's this loophole. Of the days being shortened, we don't understand how that's going to work. Yeah, we've taken some runs at it, you know, but we ultimately we don't know yeah. how that. these days are going to be shortened. If they're we going are to be taking shortened. some runs at it, though, aren't we? <laughs> yeah. Well, guys, um, yeah, I think it's a it's getting about that time, and I just wanted to let you guys know how grateful to everyone out there in the chat. We're so grateful for you guys being here with us today. Um, I just want you guys over. At Rumble, just so you guys know, the uptime also streams over at Rumble. If you could go over there and follow, that would be awesome as well. Spikes and Chains, shout out to you. And um, it's so awesome to see them over there in the chat. Um, does anyone have any last uh, comments or anything that you have to say or want to say? Well, the only thing I, I have left to say, and that is, Bob, even when you were going through that, you did nev- you never did say that we are going to be here for another two or three years. You always said maybe. So that's why I always told people, no, Bob didn't say that we're going to be here for another three years. He says <laughs> it's a possibility, which yeah, is right. still a possibility. Cause like we said, we do not know. Yeah. We don't know. Uh, the, oh, I, there's a question for me. Did Kevin dye his hair? No, I did not dye my hair. My hair is this color. <laughs> it is, is the, it's white here. <laughs> And it is brown here. <laughs> but anyway, I did. I told people that Bob did not say that it's going to take two or three more years, that he said that it might be that, but he right. doesn't know. So give him a break. I don't know. I mean, it makes sense because people, because there, there's this discrepancy of 2030 to 2033. Okay. Yeah, I get it. So there's, uh, yeah. and there's a lot of twists. We're already seeing twists in the story already. Oh yeah. So, oh, but yeah. uh, the rapture resurrection, you know, I'm not, uh, I'm not really. I guess I could make it clear. I, I'm expecting it shortly here this year. I'm expecting <laughs> it. That's what I'm expecting it. Good. I won't be surprised if it goes to 2033. I won't be surprised. Bob, you're a healthy Christian. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> you are. <laughs> That's a great mindset to be in because you're not going to be disappointed either way. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Just uh, before we finish there, if if you enjoyed the show tonight and everything and you think that you might not be saved, please go check 1 Corinthians 15, 1 to 4. That's the gospel. You must understand what the blood of Jesus Christ did. Not the who, but the what. What is what Jesus did for you. You must understand that without any doubts. And once you agree to this, you'll be sealed with the Holy Ghost. 
And then you're probably going to want to study, which is again, Timothy 2.15, study to show thyself approved unto God. You will start studying and you will become probably like us, a little bit crazy in a good way about the word of God <laughs> and the scriptures. And it is a great time right now. Um, I think it's Luke uh, 10.21 that says that many prophets and many kings wanted to see this happen. Amen. And they couldn't, they never did. They never heard anything or seen anything. And we are here on the front front seat. Amazing. Like you cannot have more 3D than that. Yeah. So be yeah. blessed and make sure that you understand the gospel. First Corinthians fifteen one to 4. Yeah. Awesome, awesome. I think J.D. Farag says it the best. He says, we are living through the most prophetic time in history, even more so than when Jesus walked on the earth. And that's what Chuck Missler yeah. said as well. Yep, yep. So that's awesome. Prophetic, right? The second coming, the first coming of Christ was great without any doubt. But the second coming will be uh, some well, event. We'll be going out with a shout. Ah. Yes. Yeah. Amen. Hear that music going. Hear that wow. music playing surrounding yeah. you. Amen. I think it's, it's gonna be oh. something like that. I think this is gonna be the band. Oh, oh okay. I, I, I'm waiting for some I want it to be just nice and slow and glorious, man. <laughs> yes, yes. Mm. It's gonna be beautiful. You don't think it's gonna be the Pennsylvania polka? all right on that note (laughs) yep yep on that note that's perfect god bless y'all